in Sacramento. The owner of the computer store was cleaning up some trash in the back parking lot. He noticed a bag and picked it up. It exploded, and a piece of shrapnel pierced his heart, killing him instantly. That was the first time one of the devices killed someone. Two more people were murdered in the next few years. In 1995, the president of the California Forestry Association unwrapped a parcel in his office, even though it was addressed to his predecessor. When he opened it, he was blown to bits. His shoes were found 40 feet away. There had been over a dozen bombings, and frankly, we were no closer to finding him. Any thoughts at this point on who the Unabomber was were purely speculative. I believed it was probably a middle-aged white guy, but some of my colleagues were not even convinced of that. Then we got a break in the case that would change everything. For the first time in his 16-year criminal career, he began communicating with media outlets. He sent them what he called the manifesto. It was a 54-page, 35,000-word essay, and that manifesto helped us learn a lot more about the kind of guy we were looking for. This was just about the time I was arriving in the San Francisco division and assigned to work Unibomb. I was 45 years old. I never dreamt I'd be involved in a case like this, a long-standing, high-profile case that seemed unsolvable. The manifesto turned out to be our best tip for the investigation. He sent it to three different publications, The Washington Post, The New York Times, and Penthouse Magazine. One of these was not like the other, but the request for Penthouse certainly confirmed for us that we were looking for a guy. Along with the manifesto, he included an extortion demand, which basically said, publish this manifesto and we will stop the killing. He referred to himself as we, but at that point, we just weren't sure. The FBI actually convinced the Washington Post and the Times to publish the manifesto. It told us he was hung up on what he called the ills of technology and that the world needed to slow down its advances. He claimed to be fearful that humanity would be unable to keep up with technology. He had an issue with intelligent people and academia. He also asserted that he was better than academically minded and tech savvy individuals, that they were bad. He put them down. It was basically a complaint fest. And one of the things we noticed were a couple of turns of phrases. One was, you can't eat your cake and have it too. We hoped someone would read it and think, wait a minute. I know someone that says that wrong as well. And then we hope that person would pick up the phone and contact us. We had 